The Detroit Tigers technically win a series. The injury bug is here and biting everybody. And Jackson Job makes his first professional start all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Um, heck of a weekend. Very eventful weekend. Happy holiday weekend to, to all of those who uh, observed something in this past weekend. It was... Uh, I no episode yesterday because the Tigers had an off day on Monday and didn't play on Sunday, and it was a holiday, and I was out. So didn't get you anything on yesterday, but we're back today. And it was – we. I mean, we technically won a series, right? Like, we technically won that. It was supposed to be a four-game series, and we took two of three. Uh, that's, a, that's a series victory in my eyes. Now, it, when they make up that game – whenever it's scheduled to be made up for June or whatever, and we lose it, then we can revisit and go, hey, remember like the third series of the entire season? I guess we technically, you know, split that series now if we end up dropping it. But we could just win it and just keep the narrative going that we won this series. All right. Uh, A lot of really pretty impressive pitching this weekend, I think was the biggest standout uh, storyline throughout. Um I mean, Scooby we'll get to was phenomenal. Uh, Matt Manning was, I I thought he looked really solid until he gave up the first hit. And then when he gave up the first hit, it kind of steamrolled snowballed is a better expression there. It kind of snowballed. And then once it snowballed, then uh, eventually he got shoulder soreness and was pulled from the game. We'll get to the injury bug thing here in a minute too. Uh, but but I thought the bullpen was really impressive. I thought the starting pitching was really impressive. I was very just all around impressed with the pitching from this weekend. Very, very impressed. Uh, the offense was a lot quieter than it should be. But in the same breath, uh, a lot of the offense is on the IL too. We're just a, a big, fun organization full of injuries. That's our thing right now. And it's not very fun. Um, and I wish it would stop and go away forever. So I guess we'll just start with the injury bug thing and just kind of how it maybe changes the fine line you have to walk of not making it an excuse to lose because you did get better and your depth is better even with the injuries. But also, like, let's, you know, maybe we have a really hard month of April. If we were fully healthy, we would have a really hard month of April. Nonetheless, with, with third stringers playing at some positions, right? So I think we have to kind of keep perspective is important in this life, you know? And, and I think that this is one of those times where perspective is really uh, important here because we do have a lot of injuries. But like I said, in, in the same breath, you should be winning these games. And, and we did take two or three from Kansas City, even with all the injuries. So the, that point is kind of null for this weekend, at least. For the injury list, let's just knock that out. Uh, Casey Mize on the 10-day IL. At the time of this recording, 
which is Monday night, we have still not heard an update since he got put on the IL and we were told that testing was coming and we were going to get some answer. Uh, and, and some people worried it might have been more severe than we, we might have initially thought. Um, we haven't heard anything since he got put on the IL, which is three, four days removed now. So that's fun. Uh, nobody really knows anything. Doesn't necessarily mean that they do know something they're hiding it from us. It's just frustrating for everybody involved to not know what's going on with your former 1-1 pick. Uh, he has been really continuing his struggles this season that he kind of had last season on uh, not quite being up to par with swings and misses. He has been inducing a lot of weak contact, and he's been pretty good at inducing weak contact, at, like impressively good. But the lacks of swings and misses have been a thing, and after that last start, landed on the IL. So we'll see if maybe – he did say that his arm felt fine all day during the start and after the start. It wasn't until the next day when they started doing warm-up tosses that he kind of felt like it, it might have been a, a little bit in pain or sore. So I don't know what that means. I'm far from a doctor. So we'll see. We'll see what happens and, and the updates that were given. But at the time of this recording, we have no updates since he landed himself on the IL. Uh, Robbie Grossman is not on the IL. I really thought he was going to be. I really thought Robbie Grossman was going to be on the IL. He didn't play for a few days. They said that if he didn't play on, I think it was last Friday, he was going to be on the IL. He didn't, but then he played Saturday. So he's good, apparently. Robbie's here. Uh, drew a lot of walks this weekend. People are upset over his batting average. That's dumb. Robbie Grossman is the the, the walk guy. Okay, he's not going to have a. He hit like 220 last year. And was one of our best or highest producing offensive weapons because he hit 20 homers, stole 20 bases, and had one of the highest on base percentages on the team and one of the highest walk walk rates in the entire game of baseball. So his batting average does not matter. Okay, glad we got that out of the way. Robbie Grossman. Uh, not on the IL, Javi Baez on the IL. Now, it's retroactive to April 13th, I believe, uh, which means, I think that's right, April 13th. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that means that on the 23rd, he is eligible to come off the IL, which would be this upcoming Saturday, I believe. Um, and it's nice that to have the retroactive, you know, he didn't play those three games, so you can just say, hey, let's just, you know, make it, we technically put him on on that day. That's a cool little thing you can do in baseball. Um, just SOL, just not good luck. <laughs> I, I mean, there's no, you know, everybody wants someone to be at fault for everything uh, ever on the planet. Everything has to be somebody's fault. Somebody screwed something up and, and everybody wants to be able to point a finger at somebody and pinpoint whose fault is it I want to know. Nobody's at fault for Javi Baez jamming his thumb, dog. It just happens. It's the life of being a professional athlete and playing uh, a sport at the highest level on the planet. We are going 110% every single play. It's going to happen. And we'll get into some of the, in like the Mize injury, if that's an elbow thing. And, and you know, with the pitchers, especially, you had a shortened spring. That's crappy too you know that's not really fair to the pitchers either it, it's just it's it's not a very fun situation and I just want to make it a point to to make it apparent that not everything is somebody's fault and 
so, sometimes you just have bad luck, and Javi will be fine. And apparently his thumb had swollen up pretty damn large. <laughs> his thumb was pretty huge, apparently, by, by most of the beat writers' accounts. So uh, if that's what he needed, then that's what he needed. And he'll be back in less than a week now. Miss, miss 10 days in a 162-game season. We're going to be all right. He's going to be fine. Uh, the fact that it even took him three days to get on the IL without playing means that it truly is just precautionary. Let's just get you 100% and get you back out there. There's no, oh, why didn't, you know, the, the <laughs> not everything is avoidable by, by a good trainer or, or a good program. Now, we get into the pitching side of things. Matt Manning exit with exits with a sore arm. That's obviously not great news coming, what, 72 hours after Casey Mize gets put on the IL. Not great. Not great. Uh, I think the shortened spring had a lot to do with it. I think we have one of the best coaching staffs in the entire game of baseball. And again, not everything is avoidable. Not everything is, is, is somebody's fault. So for the time being, I'm going to hold out reservation on, oh, there was like this narrative flying around there that like our our training staff was just horrible and it's completely their fault and uh, they should have had these guys more ready to go and um, that, that, you know, maybe that we're not being cautious enough. Well, we're being too cautious, which is why this is happening. Casey Mize, by most accounts, was removed for was put on the IL for precautionary reasons. Matt Manning was babied to heck had a sore shoulder and was completely removed after two innings. He said, even in the, in the post game, he was like, yeah, I kind of feel pretty fine. I don't think it's that big of a deal. AJ Hinch said in the post game, given the fact that Mize just got put on the IL, we weren't going to take even an ounce of chance with Manning. So we were going to remove him immediately. It's early on in the season. We had a shortened spring. Injuries already happen a lot in April as is. Nonetheless, when, when you're playing significantly shorter spring trainings, uh, I, I'm none of us are in, in those clubhouses. None of us know if, if the trainers are, are... It was just, in my eyes, it was just a ridiculous, ridiculous argument to have between a bunch of people that aren't in the clubhouse. I, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. If... <laughs> If the, the, if, if the training staff is good at their jobs or not, that's not something that we will ever know. We're, we're not in there. We're not on their training programs. So just was kind of a pointless, I guess is the phrase I'm looking for argument in my eyes. Um, not everything, some, not everything is somebody's fault. Sometimes you just get bad luck and sometimes you just have a really short and spring training and, and it's early on in a season. We'll be okay. All right. Funkhauser's still on the IL. He's probably got a couple of stints left on that. Um, who else? Chafin, still on the IL, but apparently he's throwing and feels great. I don't imagine him to be on uh, for too much. I expect him to be back before May. Funkhauser, on the other hand, not sure I expect him back before May. Cisneros on the 60. Uh, not, not really sure if we're going to see him in the entire first half of the season, maybe even the entire season. Not really sure Cisneros timetable. We haven't gotten an update on him in a while. Um, who else? I mean, Riley Green, we all know about. Um, Derek Hill still rehabbing, but he seems to be relatively close as well because he's playing games in Lakeland now. Um, I think that's it. 
it's probably not. We we've had really bad luck with the with, with the injuries. Uh, as we all know, have had not very great luck. But I think that those are those are all the prominent ones. I'm pretty sure. So Michael Pineda is supposed to be up relatively soon. That will help out the rotation a little bit. Tyler Alexander's was really good in his first start of the year. If he can continue putting up that production, that'll help. Obviously, um, Willie Peralta is expected to be in the active roster and pitching very, very soon. Uh, I mean, with the moves to the IL already up with the club, that's nice. We, we got reinforcements. We got some depth. And that's more than we could say for a lot of last year and really a lot of the last five years. So let's see how the depth pieces do. Let's see how the depth pieces do. Let's hold off on the just slamming the coaching staff for injuries. That That's pretty ridiculous in my eyes. Okay, so that's it for all the housekeeping injury bug stuff we had. We did take two games this weekend, and we're going to talk about, that, well, two games this series. We went one of one this weekend, right? Because we won on Thursday. We won on Friday. We lost on Saturday. We didn't play Sunday. Yes. So we went one of one since the last time you and I spoke. We'll get into the pitching performances and some of the highlights from that. But first, I got to tell you all about betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts. Taking fans through the season like no other network. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, this weekend, pitching was the standout. We've, I've said it a million times. Now let's get into what I mean. Tarek Skubal was the starting pitching story of the season. Of the season. Honestly, probably of the season so far. I meant to say of the weekend. But now that I'm thinking about it, he probably is the the starting pitching outing of the uh, of the season so far. I think that's probably pretty safe to say. He was phenomenal. He was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, went. Let me get the exact uh, box score up. I think he went five and two thirds. Yeah, five and two thirds, four hits, one run. It wasn't earned. No walks and seven Ks. Everything was working. And the first five innings, he was rolling, rolling. I think he had a no-no through four. Well, perfect. He ended with no walks. I think he had a perfect game through four, three or four, something like that. He was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, what was working for him? Well, uh, everything. <laughs> Honestly, pretty much everything was working for him. The slider, I, I love the fact that the slider was the most thrown pitch in his repertoire. That makes me so happy. I love dudes who – I love a well-aimed fastball. I think that's still – I'm still a believer that that is the most effective pitch in baseball, right? A perfectly aimed fastball. However, I really, really, really love the fact that Tarek Skubal's most thrown pitch was a slider and it was not even close. 
He threw 90 pitches, 35 of them were the slider. That's almost 40% of his pitches were the slider. The four-seam fastball was the second most at 20. Sinker at 19, knuckle curve at 9, changeup thrown seven times. I, I, I love it. The whiff numbers, highest of any Tiger starter this entire season. And second place is also Tarek Skubal is tied for that number as well. We've had a couple of starters now that have nine Erod in the start where he got all the unearned runs, by the way. They're still unearned four days later. Okay, just for the record. Um, he had nine whiffs in that start. Skubal in his first start of the season had nine whiffs. And I think Tyler Alexander or Matt Manning, one of them had nine and one of them had eight uh, in whiffs in their start. Scooby on Friday had 12 whiffs for a 24% whiff percentage because he caused 50 swings, 12 whiffs. A quarter of your swings being whiffs is a very, very solid number, man. A real, this dude's swing and miss stuff, swing and miss stuff never fails to amaze me. He's beyond nasty, as we all know. Average exit velocity on the afternoon was 88 miles an hour, and it was pretty consistently 88 through all of his pitches. The knuckle curve and the changeup were combined, thrown 16 times, and uh, neither of those pitches got put in play. So that means those were really effective pitches, right? Nine thrown for the knuckle curve, seven for the change, as we said. Eight swings between the two of them combined. None of them put in play. Can't get too much better than that. We'll, We'll gladly take that, right? Um, and then the sinker four seam fastball and slider all obviously then got put in play. The slider put in, put in play seven times, four seam, three times sinker five times. And the average exit velo was all within like a mile an hour of each other. 88, 88, 87 and a half. So consistent across the board, at least ideally, I guess you'd maybe like that to be a hair lower, but the dude was damn near unhittable so like it's it, it's fine it, i'm not going to take away from this start at all it was very very impressive the movement on the slider never fails to amaze me the, like i said the dude swing and miss stuff is is phenomenal and and the tunneling i think is one of the most impressive developments that i've seen with scoobal the the tunneling that he can do with the four seam right straighter pitch slider same starting point then dips sinker same starting point then dips like uh, the fact that that he is starting to be able to, to to tunnel those as well as he is i think is another big reason why he's getting so many whiffs and and why he continues to be such a swing and miss machine uh i mean even the called strikes the slider oh my the numbers on the slider for this game are just insanely impressive nine called strikes For the slider, he threw it 35 times. It had six whiffs and nine called strikes. That's 15, obviously, called strikes plus whiffs. 15 of those, that is a 43% called strikes whiffs percentage. So almost half of the sliders thrown were strikes, either called strikes or swing and miss strikes. Very, very impressive, especially for a pitch that for a lot of guys, you're going to aim low and outside right? Especially to a righty, you're going to aim low and outside and be okay with missing, right? Those pitches are are often meant to be balls. And the fact that almost half of them were strikes in a capacity in, in some capacity is wildly impressive. So Tarek Skubal off the charts. Good. Um, 
Jacob Barnes in this game. I told y'all in his last outing, like he he gave up a lot of hits and wasn't very effective. But I told y'all I liked him kind of like I I kind of messed with Jacob Barnes to be honest, and he had a phenomenal outing on Friday. Uh, the wh- four whiffs and fifteen pitches. You'll gladly take that out of a reliever. Uh, his cutter was also not hit hard at all. Only one inning of work, so you got to take this with a slight grain of salt. But um, the, the cutter hasn't been hit very hard all season for him so far. Short season. We're shallow into the season. I know that as well. But we only have what we have, and, and that's what we have so far. So looking the cutter looking like a really solid pitch. The problem is he pairs it with a four-seam fastball that has been hit very hard all year long. And Friday was no different. Only got put in play once, but it was smoked. So something that he needs to work on is maybe the pitch mix of those. But the cutter ha- has been an effective pitch, and I don't mind a mid to high 80s cutter that dudes can't put a barrel on coming out of the bullpen. I really don't. So Jacob Barnes is a guy that I kind of have my eye on going forward. Joe Jimenez, phenomenal again. Phenomenal again. He's been great all calendar year. In spring, he had a zero ERA, I'm pretty sure he ended with. And this season, so far, he's been really, really solid also as a zero ERA, he has not given up a run in any organized baseball game for the Detroit Tigers yet this year at the time of this recording. Pretty remarkable. Uh, the four-seam fastball continues to be lively, continues to have some movement, only through the slider one time. Who cares? Let's go, baby. Joe Jimenez. Um, just all around, a, a really impressive performance. The only other person to pitch in this game was Michael Fulmer, Gregory Soto, Got uh got got some got a rest day because he had pitched I think two the two days prior to that maybe even three or three of the last four I think it was and both of the last two games before this so Michael Fulmer comes in for the ninth throws a lot of sliders eight of his eleven pitches are sliders and induces five swings and three swings and misses and the ball's not put in play once on the slider so beautiful you, you'll take that um. Not not too much else to say. Only threw three, threw one sinker, one four seam, one changeup. Besides that, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take it, man. I'll gladly take it. So that is uh, that that's the pitching performance from this game. Really, only capped off the only other thing on the offensive end, non pitching thing, I should say, that we really have to talk about is Spencer Torkelson going to the moon. Spencer Torkelson was a was an astronaut in this game. Absolutely took off. I, I thought he was going to hit the scoreboard. I really did. Such a cool moment. Uh, the 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 scream to the dugout, right? Getting all amped up. It, it was all so cool. 111 and a half miles an hour off the bat, by the way. Unbelievable. Dude's a dog. And he's here now. He's here. Don't get it twisted. Spencer Torkelson is absolutely here. He now has... Uh, well, after the game on Friday, I should say, he had a 916 OPS. So to all those people that were talking nonsense about how he should go back to AAA, dude has like the second highest OPS on the entire team, only behind Austin Meadows, who's like batting 400. So maybe, maybe we cool down on the trying to be a hot take guy a week and a half into the season. Okay, he's fine. All right, 
let's get into the I, I wasn't planning on doing like one game one game I kind of wanted to do just like pitching and then offense but it looks like we're calling an audible mid show and we're just going to do one game one game so let's get into Saturday's game but first I got to tell y'all about rockauto.com this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the where only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%? even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. It just does not make sense. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, and right locked on in the How Did You Hear Us bought us box scenario that we sent you. Amazing selection, lively low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment here at Locked on Tigers. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. I have a surprise for everybody, for the YouTube watchers too, because we're going to do like a share screen thingy here at the end. It's going to be really sick. Um, so first though, we're going to wrap up the weekend, um, dropped the Saturday game, April 16th game to the Royals, um, dropped, dropped. Yeah, we dropped it. I don't know why, but my thing didn't refresh. And I was like, wait a minute, did I just get the days wrong? And we actually lost Fridays, but no. Okay. So we dropped the game on Saturday, uh, one to three to the Royals. Not a lot of offense for your Detroit Tigers in this game whatsoever, um, like at all. I, I think Hitton Harold is – he actually hit the ball pretty hard this game, uh, but I think it's very apparent why we signed Javier Baez because uh, nobody we're putting at shortstop has been even remotely close defensively to what Javi – has provided just in the first couple of series of the year so we are very much missing him on the defensive side of the ball just as much as we are having him in there in the middle of our lineup uh because the offense was pretty quiet this weekend too so all around just really missing javi in a big way that's why we went out and got him um not honestly not too much else to say about the offense there were a couple of balls that uh are home runs in some other parks eric haas had one that i think was a home run in 28 of 30 parks. Robbie Grossman had one that that was a home run in some other parks too. Um, but at the end of the day, this really just was a pitching duel that we didn't win. Uh, their pitching was very, very solid. Um, tip of the cap, man. The, the Royals, for as much crap as they get, and, and they are the worst team in this division, don't get it twisted. But they, they got a pretty nice future ahead of them. That's going to be a team that's going to be a problem going on uh, in, in future years. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Manning does start this game, as we talked about in the opening segment. He would get pulled after two innings, but it's very impressive to me that within those just two innings, 
He had five whiffs. That's a phenomenal number for two innings of work. Uh, that I mean, you can do the math yourself and figure out what he was on pace to get. Four innings, that's a, around 10, right, if he maintained that pace. Scoob landed with 12 and was an out away from six innings. So really a solid performance, again, until he gave up that first hit in the second inning. Then it just kind of steam. I keep saying steamrolled, and that's like not at all what I mean. Then it snowballed, and it just kind of they kind of just hit him around a little bit more and more. Uh, but the four seam fastball continues to impress the heck out of me. Uh, was weird because in the first inning it was sitting mid nineties, you know, like 93, 94, I guess I should say. And then in the second inning, it did go down to like 90 at one point, and then he got pulled from the game. So probably a safe precautionary measure to take, right? Probably we should probably just agree with that move and, and just cross our fingers and, and pray that he's going to be okay. Uh, but he did look really solid before getting pulled. Like I said, uh, the curveball continues to impress the heck out of me as well. I really like the tunneling with that as well as tunneling with his curveball and four seam. I think he needs to tunnel the slider in there a little bit better. Cause if he can do slider curveball four seam all tunneled out of, out of the same well tunnel, in the same arm slot, he's going to be damn near unhittable because the stuff is nasty. So uh, that that's the biggest thing I'm kind of looking for within his pitch mix is just when he uses each one and, and with the tunneling and all that. But really, really solid two innings for whatever it's worth. Uh, at this point, I'm more just concerned about his health than anything else. Uh, Drew Hutchinson then came in. Big ups to Drew Hutchinson, man. Big ups. Big, big tip of the cap. Dude deserves it. This is a dude that's had a roller coaster of an MLB career. What well, was, I mean, straight up an ace at one point, not for a, a incredibly dominant team, but was an ace for a team for a ball club at one point. Um, then ha- has been up and, and down from, from the minors and majors really ever since after that season uh, ha- has struggled, has come back again and again and again, pr- pitched some really valuable innings for the team last season, earned another contract with the same organization this year. And they said on the broadcast, man, AJ Hinch trusts the hell out of this dude. He he does. And and AJ said it. He's like, look, this, this dude was an opening day starter at one point. Why would I not trust him? I don't care if he doesn't have the same stuff. He's a dog. He's a ball player. He's a pitcher. And, and AJ really does trust, trust him. And after a performance like he showed on Saturday, really don't blame him because he looked pretty darn solid, right? Went three innings, gave up no runs, three Ks, one hit. Can't get too much better than that. So big, big props to Drew Hutchinson. Had eight whiffs on 40 pitches, by the way. Whew. Drew Hutchinson's nasty? Y'all forgot Drew Hutchinson's nasty? Eight whiffs, eight whiffs in three innings, man. Damn impressive number. Average exit velo was 92 and a half, a little bit high, but again, at the end of the day, didn't give up any runs. That's really all that matters. So, so big tip of the cap to Drew Hodginson. And I think that he will continue to, to pitch valuable and, and eat valuable innings for this team this year. I really do. Uh, like I said, I, I, I believe AJ Hinch when he says he trusts Drew Hodginson. I really do. Uh, Will Vest pitched in this game, uh, gave up a tank. Um, look, man, I will, Will Vest is, is, is here 
and I he's had a, another guy that's had a up and down roller coaster type of career uh, so far. I I see some of the stuff ha- has been impressive, right? I mean, again, like for as much as as I like talking about how many swings and miss a guy induces, he had he had he pitched one inning and had seven whiffs. That's wildly impressive. But when the ball was hit, it was hit. He had a 98 mile an hour exit average exit velo on three balls put in play. Got fouled off four times. Only had one called strike. Don't really need that when you're getting a lot of whiffs, I guess. But still. So it's it's just it's interesting how he is able to to fool enough hit professional, you know, major league hitters to get all these swings and misses, but also kind of get hit around the yard a little bit. Really hard, at least. In- interesting guy. Interesting guy to keep an eye on. Uh, and then Jason Foley. Look, man, I-, I was really big on Foley last year. I-, I-, I really liked him. And I thought his stuff was really nasty. I thought his four scene was pretty lively. Um, and-, and the pitch velocity still in the-, the mid, like upper mid 90s, right? Like 96, 97 at times. But. I just I, I don't see the movement on on the rest of the the breaking in the secondary pitches and the breaking pitches anymore, and I don't know if that's just new eyes and, and I'm just seeing it from a different perspective this year and it's me the whole time or if his stuff ha- has maybe t- some how do I even say this or or if it, it's on his end and, and some of his stuff ha- has started moving less for some reason from one season to the next but. I am. Uh, I was really impressed with Foley last year and liked watching him pitch. And uh, I, I don't share that sentiment as much this year. So he's an interesting guy to, to keep an eye on going forward. And that's really it for the pitching. That's really it for the offense, which means that's really it for the weekend. The only other thing I want to talk about is Jackson Job. He made his professional debut. Uh, he pitched one inning, gave up some unearned runs because no one in the infield could field the damn baseball. Dudes were kicking it all over the place. Isaac Pacheco, who is, uh, I like Pacheco a lot. I think he's going to be a dog. I think he's going to be a major league player. Uh, but one of his things to start off the year, he has uh, he has struggled defensively. Would would be kind of an understatement. Uh, so it's interesting to immediately hear the narrative from people on Jackson Job. Because he didn't pitch like he pitched one inning because he's a high school arm and they're going to baby the hell out of him. But he pitched one inning. And we got people talking about how he's he's not he wasn't impressive. He had a bad outing. This is a disaster. He, he shouldn't have been picked one three. Look at what he did in his outing. He shouldn't have been our pick. You can think whatever you want about what we should have done in the draft. Think about what it Job was. A, if you're one of those people that still thinks Job was a really stupid pick, that that's your right. Go ahead, go ahead and feel that way. If you think Job was the pick because he is a unicorn that has mythically high spin rates already at 18 years old, now he's 19 years old. And you think that we got a ringer. You have every right to feel that way too. No matter where you fall, 
it is absolutely embarrassingly dumb to completely judge a 19-year-old kid after his first professional inning in an outing where there were two errors made and his catcher couldn't block a ball to save his life. Okay? It's asinine. Let First off, let people be excited. Let people enjoy some things. You know, it, it, you know, if somebody thinks that something's cool, you don't have to come running and, and ruin a moment for them. His slider moved a ridiculous amount. It was fun to watch. I'm sorry he didn't throw an immaculate inning in his first professional outing. I don't care. Obviously, I want to see improvement. Obviously, I want to see the kid succeed. My opinion of where he was drafted doesn't matter. Your opinion of where he was drafted doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's on the team now. So let's start talking about what makes him good. And not just try and find every single issue with everything the kid's going to do for the rest of his career. There are a lot of positives with Jackson Joe, whether you like it or not. A lot. The kid has, like I said, mythical spin rate. Mythical. Unicorn. Right? He's damn fun to watch. I'm going to try this out. We're going to see if this works. Okay? I'm going to try to do the share screen thing. Let's see if this works. Is it working? Oh, it's working, I think. Okay. Watch this slider. I tweeted this out. Watch this slider. There's the catcher. I, I told you. It was not not a great performance by, by, uh, by the dude behind the dish. Okay. Ready? Watch this. Watch this Frisbee. <sighs> That's nuts. Let's just keep watching it. Over and over and over again. Oh, no, it froze. Oh, no, it really froze. Okay, there we go. This is crazy movement for a 19-year-old. This is crazy movement for anybody. Nonetheless, a 19-year-old. Unreal. So, again, everybody's going to have a different opinion. And and there are still plenty of people out there that, that think where he was drafted was, was really dumb by the Tigers. And there was a lot of talent behind him. And there absolutely was a lot of talent behind him. But they didn't just take him for fun. They took him because he has some of the most insane spin rate numbers you have ever seen in your life from anybody at any age, nonetheless, a dude at 18. The two men on reached via error, by the way. <laughs> Just get that out of the way. All right. That's all. You can think whatever you want about where he was drafted, but... Maybe it, I had a great conversation with Trevor Huth about this. And it's just maybe it's time we look around and we go, you know what? Let's start talking about how great this kid can be. Because he can. Got one of the highest ceilings in the entire draft. The floor? Sure, it's it's pretty low. High school uh, pitchers vary a lot in success. 
their profiles vary a lot in success at the major league level. But undeniably, one of the highest ceilings in the entire draft, and he is a Detroit Tiger. So maybe we stop spitting, we'll say, in everybody's Cheerios and just ha- have some fun and acknowledge that this kid has the potential to be really good and enjoy what we have with him and watch him develop and and talk about how great he can be because he absolutely can. All right. Spread positivity, baby. Not that hard. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked On MLB host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That's it. That's all we got. Thanks for rocking with me. Um, Heck of a weekend. Let's go win some more ball games, eh? Why not? We got our day off. We got two days off. We got a rain out and we got a scheduled day off. Got everybody back and rested, ready to roll. Let's go win some damn ball games. And let's go get some people off the freaking IL, eh? Goodness gracious. Man, that sucks. That just sucks. Covered everything we want to cover. A little bit of a longer show, but we had, we had a lot to talk about. Had a lot to talk about today. Thank you guys for rocking with me. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And that's it. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Hopefully recapping the Tigers win. Go Tigers.